History tells the story of the world and of our lives. Sometimes that history goes bump in the night. Broadcasting from the center of oddity and the supernatural in Central Florida, it's the History Goes Bump podcast. Hello, you spectacular people. Welcome to History Goes Bump Redux. I am your host, Diane. And this is Kelly. Kelly, on this Redux, we're going to be revisiting the legend of Krampus just in time for Christmas. I promise I've been a good little girl. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had my fingers crossed. I had my back. <laughs> I know we're a little bit away from Krampus Knock, which was back on December 5th. But we thought we'd do this one just because we're in that holiday season. Better late than never. Exactly. Are you ready to go back? I'm ready. There are Christmas trees and reindeer and candy canes, but Santa Claus is probably one of the most familiar images intertwined with Christmas. Most of us as kids were raised with the warning that you better be good, for goodness sake, or you would end up on Santa's naughty list and thus receive coal in your stocking. But as we trace back the various traditions associated with the holiday season, we come upon a character that has been around longer than good old St. Nick, and the warnings that came with him were far more dire. On this Redux episode... We will explore the origins, history, and terror that are part of the legend of Krampus. During the 4th century AD, Roman influence caused many Germanic tribes, such as the Goths and Vandals, to convert to Christianity. Despite this push to Christianity, many pagan traditions managed to survive in small villages in the Alps where the church couldn't penetrate. An earlier form of Krampus was perked, which was a two-legged humanoid goat with a giraffe-like neck that liked to wear animal furs. That's terrifying. That is terrifying. (laughs) I mean, Krampus is already pretty creepy looking, but something with a giraffe-like neck, and it was this basically a goat man kind of thing. An early celebration of this character was Perktenlaufen, and villagers would wear costumes and march in processions. The Catholic Church tried to ban this practice, but had little success. Perkt eventually morphed into Krampus. The name Krampus is derived from the German word Krampen, meaning claw. It is believed that Krampus started appearing sometime between the 11th and 13th centuries in southern Germany and Austria, an area known at the time as Bavaria, before spreading to Switzerland, Hungary, the Czech Republic, 
and even the Alp villages of Italy under different names. Nectruprecht, Serta, Black Peter, Schmolzi, Pelschnickel, and Klauboff, to name a few. The legend is said to have originated from a German folktale. There are some who claim that Krampus is a representation of the son of hell, ruler of the underworld in Norse mythology. This is up for debate, as most Norse mythology comes from the more northern regions of the area, while Krampus was a more southerly fixture. But it was in 1250 AD that King's Mirror, a Norwegian text, featured a wild man character who was described as being covered in hair. Having his roots in Germanic tradition, Krampus is the companion of St. Nicholas. He is no cutesy little elf, but a beast out of your worst nightmares. He is almost something like an evil twin to Santa. The difference to us would be as if you were comparing God to Satan. Early descriptions of Krampus are unknown as these weren't written down, but delivered as an oral tradition. And each region would have their own account of this shapeless boogeyman. The more well-known descriptions of Krampus are quite similar to the traditional ideas about Satan. Krampus rises to the height of seven feet and has long goat horns, cloven hooves, pointed ears, bulging eyes, and is entirely covered with dark matted hair. One of his most recognizable features is a huge pointed tongue protruding from between sharp fangs and that tongue moves around whip-like. Not only is he terrifying to behold, but his actions make him the perfect horror movie star. And he's been in a lot of movies. Yes, he has. And he's actually part of the cover photo that we're using for this, standing behind us, Kelly. <laughs> well, he is. <laughs> While Santa might bring coal to bad kids, Krampus brings true punishment. When Krampus comes calling, you're going to be begging for some coal, Kelly. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> you better hope he doesn't have a basket big enough to stuff you in. He carries with him bells, birch stick switches, whips, and rusty chains, and uses them on naughty children before throwing them in his basket and dragging them to the underworld, where they would serve him until they repented, or even for their whole lives, or even more frightening, he may even eat them. I mean, I like birch, but I don't want to be eaten. <laughs> well, I certainly don't think you want to get hit with the birch. Well... This is like when your parents would go out and tell you to pick your own switch. I know. <laughs> and you better pick a good one or they're going to find a better one and it's going to be worse than what you would have even thought was a bad one. I may be a masochist. <laughs> <laughs> so when Krampus comes along and goes, find a switch. The bells he carries are rung to warn the children that he is coming. Quite different than the bell ringing in that movie, A Wonderful Life. You've seen it, Kelly? It doesn't mean the angel's going to get their wings. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that sound was equated with an angel getting their wings, not a child getting an extreme punishment. So when Krampus comes ringing that bell, it's not a good thing. One can imagine that this would be quite persuasive in getting children to be on their very best behavior all year long. Some believe that the chains are carried by Krampus as a carryover from Christianity. As Christianity adopted pagan traditions and altered them to fit its customs, it's believed that Krampus became a representation of Satan, and thus the chains symbolized Satan being bound to the church. And that's interesting because I had always wondered whenever you see Krampus depicted, whether it's a postcard or a card or something else from the past, I was always like, why has he got chains like either around his neck or he's holding them in one of his hands? I couldn't figure that out because I'm like, surely he's not beating people with the chains. I guess he could be wrapping the people up in the chains. I'd never thought about that. You've been pretty naughty this year. 
you may just find out. We're both going to be going for a trip down to the underworld, maybe. (laughs) Krampus was given his own night, which is still observed today. Krampusnacht, also referred to as Krampus Night, which is celebrated on December 5th. As something that shows the binding of St. Nick with Krampus, areas of Germany and Austria observe St. Nick's Feast on December 6th. On Krampusnacht, Krampus runs around making loud noises and scaring the children. It is customary to offer a drink of warm schnapps to Krampus. This tradition has inspired Krampuslauf, or Krampus Run, where intoxicated partygoers dress as devils, wild men, and witches bearing torches, and they run through the streets terrifying children and adults alike. Uh, that wouldn't take much to terrify me, a drunken man running around with a torch. Just stay <laughs> away from my house, okay? The trend has caught on, spreading to other parts of Europe like France and Finland and even many American cities like Philadelphia, Portland, Rochester, Los Angeles, and others. Some of these festivals can last for days. I don't believe that they do a Krampus run here in Orlando, but I do know that they had like, when, you know how they do those pop-up bars and they're themed? Sure. They were doing one for Krampus. Oh, in Orlando? Yeah. Why so, didn't we go? Well, anytime that they've had those pop up in Orlando... First of all, my first thought is, where are we going to park? Because yeah. having a park down in downtown Orlando. <laughs> and it's going to be a lot of drunken people. Well, and the other thing is, these pop-up bars, you pay a certain amount with them. So it's like 160 bucks or something, or 100 bucks. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> and But then they offer to give you four specialty cocktails. Will you and I... I mean, if we could We'd share never make them... make it home. <laughs> yeah, if we could share them, we might be okay. But four cocktails each, I'd be like... Uh, I guess I'm going to curl up over there on a park bench because I yeah, drive, no. I've been looking to walk somewhere. <laughs> we're, we're lightweights and we'd be old. Yes, <laughs> I, I mostly stick to beer. So if you're getting up over the <laughs> beer and I, I mean, the beer I drink isn't like yours. Anytime you drink a porter. I like darker beer. Or stout. Those, to match my dark black little heart. There you go. Those are a little <laughs> bit higher in alcohol content. So... Another tradition has Krampus joining St. Nicholas on Christmas Eve so that he could handle Santa's naughty list. He did seem to fall by the wayside for a bit, but then Krampus started to regain acceptance and a following in the 19th century, thanks in part to the Brothers Grimm. In Jacob Grimm's 1835 book, Deutsch Mythology, which means Teutonic Mythology, Krampus gets mentioned. In the early 19th century, Krampus began appearing on greeting cards, And soon there was a Krampus card for every St. Nicholas card. That's pretty amazing if you think about it. It really is. I mean, if you've got the same number of Krampus cards up against Santa Claus, it's pretty amazing. These greeting cards depicted the creature in all his glory, a peculiar way to wish someone happy holidays. The Catholic Church has outlawed the observation of Krampus night at various times in history. During the reign of the Third Reich, Krampus was outlawed as being a socialist, but was allowed to invade the streets again when World War II came to an end. Yes, even the Nazis feared Krampus, Kelly. If he comes after the bad kids, I don't think you get much more evil than the Nazis. Indeed. Although St. Nicholas has been given the job of punishing naughty kids by either not bringing them presents or leaving them coal in their stockings, Krampus is making a comeback and has become commercialized. You can find him everywhere from t-shirts to comic books and even Hollywood horror movies. Krampus has been on American Dad, Supernatural, The Colbert Report, and Grimm. 
When discussing a creature like Krampus, it's only fitting to discuss someone else who appears in the folklore of the Alps region and is sometimes seen as a partner to Krampus, and that is Perchta. So remember I said that he is also called Perched? I guess Perchta would be kind of the female counterpart here. She is sometimes described as a goddess of light, but she has a dual nature and the other side is quite horrific and the one that's focused upon at Christmas time. Perchta was described as roaming the countryside in Bavaria during the winter. She would enter homes during the 12 days between Christmas and Epiphany, and apparently she had been watching the children because she knew who had been good and who had been bad. Good kids got coins in their shoes, but woe to the bad kids because Perchta was worse than Krampus. She would just slit their bellies open then and there. She'd clean out their guts and stuff them with straw. I bet these kids ate their porridge after that tale, don't you think? (laughs) Cold or not, yeah, I would. Many of the pictures we've seen of this female entity look very similar to Krampus. A match made in hell, perhaps? Perhaps. Everyone needs the love of their life. (laughs) As they say, there's someone for everyone, right, Kelly? This is true. (laughs) Mummery is also something that has ancient folklore ties and is a European practice that takes place during the winter solstice or the holiday season. Mummers are people who perform in disguises that represent creatures, animals, mythic figures, and the like. One of those characters would be Krampus. Mummery is believed to be the inspiration for dressing up on Halloween. Newfoundland has a Mummers Festival every year, and it is believed that Newfoundland is where Mummery got its start. The practice had all but died out in 1861 when a bill was passed making it illegal for people to wear masks in public without official permission from the government after a man named Isaac Mercer was killed by a bunch of mummers. Today, it's experiencing a resurgence. Philadelphia hosts the Mummers Parade every year to bring in the New Year. It started in the 1800s and was made official in 1900. The parade features music, pageantry, and unique costumes. Much tamer than the Krampus parades, for sure. Is it the resurgence in pagan religions, hunger for a darker nightmare before Christmas-style holiday, or possibly a world of increasingly dissatisfied and spoiled children that is the reason for the renewed interest in the Christmas demon, as we'd like to call him? I think it's spoiled kids. (laughs) Yeah, We'll blame (laughs) on them, you little entitled brats. Could Krampus be here to scare these spoiled kids straight? We know that St. Nick is based on a real person in history. Did a creature like Krampus ever exist? That is for you to decide. Well, as we like to say, Kelly, you better be good. For goodness sake. Or else. (laughs) I have a feeling some of our listeners might be getting a birch switch. (laughs) Well... (laughs) We want to thank you guys for tuning in to this Redux. I've been your host, Diane. And this has been Kelly. You take care now. Season Screamings. Every day, we rise, 
challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.